right, it's your curvilicious, sexy riot girl, Blazing Quita. You know what? Curvy Metalhead Show, of course, Thursdays, 5 o'clock Central Time. Man, hunty, as they would say on RuPaul's Drag Race. We have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about, and find out later why B.O.A., we all know her as Boa, has come back with a vengeance and some bands that I think are so detrimental to the importance of diversity in rock and metal. And, of course, once again, this is Quita, a.k.a. Blazing Quita. I <laughs> Let's get into some riot talk, shall we? Okay, so I almost missed today's show, okay? And it's been due to the fact that here in our fine state of Wisconsin, Wisconsin, there we go, uh, it, it has been a hot mess in regards to the weather. The last two days have been so hot in my office that I thought I was going to die. And literally just now, luckily for me, you know, I was like, let me go take a little nap. Let me relax a little bit, shall we? And I ended up passing out. Until a half an hour ago. And my thank God that my mother woke me up and was like, girl, you need to get up. <laughs> no, not that my mom sounds like that. Sometimes I wish she did sound like that, you know. And it was absolutely crazy. So I was, I've been super tired. I had probably heat stroke. And I have just been so lazy. It's been crazy. That's probably why you rockers haven't seen me a lot on social media as much as I usually am. Like, I'm real hardcore about the social media and, of course, you know, doing you know, doing the thing that I do. And, of course, Sin TV has really been picking up um, new milestone. It's reached about 11,000 views thanks to you. And, of course, I've really started playing Dungeon Fighter Online. But you know what's really funny about playing games like DFO and Terra Rising and games like Lou and Vinia online, things like that, is that you really have to put dedication if you're going to make a Twitch channel. If you're going to do Twitch, you really got to put everything into it. I'm actually changing my office around and I'm getting a gaming desk with a cup holder and like just, just told, I'm totally turning my office into a geeky lady cave of rockin' awesomeness. So let me know what are some of your suggestions in regards to probably enhancing my office. I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm going through a rebirth right now. Like last week's show really kind of helped me to come to full center and, you know, through through prayer and, and God above um, has really made me realize a lot of things about my life and, and the fact that I get to do this every Thursday is is truly a blessing. And I'm very grateful to each and every one of you as my listeners that you take the time to listen to this program. You know, even when you're in the middle of your busy day or if you're in your car, I, you know, I hear from many of you all over the world. And, and that's why I really want to take this time even right now and tell you thank you. 
because, you know, many of you, of course, on the IndiaAuthority.com um, have taken the time to listen to the show. And it's really helped me to turn a, a lot around in my life and, and to turn a new leaf. Like now, I don't even give two cents what these haters have to say. Because when you have haters, that means you're doing something right, okay? So we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, what's going on, of course, with Sin TV and the Kirby Melhead show. I got a lot of change and developments. But let's get back down to the core business of this show, and that's playing diversity in music, high-quality music. And this girl, I could not believe. She just came out of left field. Boa, a lot of people call her BOA, but to me, she's known as the Madonna of of Asia. Now, many people will debate me and say, Yumi Hamasaki, I totally agree. But when it comes to the heavy influence that she has had on the K-pop scene, she's done it. She's crossed over. She's tried from the super sexy looks that she's done in her past. And she went back and got a little conservative, but then she came back, you know, and brought the fire. Her eighth studio album has come out, eight, stu- eight full studio album called Kiss My Lips. And I have listened to that track at least 10 times, and I hope you really enjoy it. So here's some new music from you from Boa with Kiss My Lips here on the Curvy Melhead Show.
nigga Hustle from the street to keep the paper straight Legal or illegal, I do what it takes Shawty, she the shit, you know she put it down Make a nigga always wanna be around I blow that paper in the burlet and rip the shit when we at it For her, I'm a fanatic, I happen to be her habit We have the same temperament, hell yeah, when we intimate Blindfolds, butterflies, BDS and restraints Fifty shades of fifty, yeah, we freaky when you ain't Lights off, should get erotic, we glow in the dark paint I'm like, give it to me, baby, she know how I like it, boy ODB, baby, I like it raw Yesterday was your birthday, so I had to put it down in the worst way. Ayy, put the cake on your plate, then I let you eat to eat the whole damn thing. Yeah, last night was one to remember, I'm sure you agree. Had such a good time, felt like I was celebrating me. I know you, I know you love it when I call you. You know she put it down. You know she put it down. 
metalhead brethren. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Quita, aka Blazing Quita, here, and that was Tanger Calvary with Horsemen, and they're fantastic. I mean, the best way to describe what they do is Mongolian folk metal. So please make sure go to puregrainaudio.com so you can learn more about them. And they're also on Twitter as well. They are fantastic and they're pretty sexy too. So I just, hey, I have a soft spot for the Asian daddies, okay? I like me a sexy Asian man. No complaints here, no complaints here. But let's get into part one, of course, of the alternative beatdown where I beat down what's going on in news and i am sad to say but at 93 years old christopher lee has passed away today and i mean this guy is not a legend he is legendary this is the man who started dracula for me with the hammer horror films he was also in movies not small movies okay we're talking about lord of the rings and Star Wars, and he actually passed away after suffering some heart and respiratory-related uh, problems. So in honor of Christopher Lee, I'd like to give a couple moments of silence in regards to his memory and his legacy. Christopher Lee, I tell you, he was, Sir Christopher Lee was a true gentleman, and he always, always supported the heavy metal community. He even did a song um, himself. I got to get my hands on that so I can play it for the show. But I think for me, what he did was he showed that you can be classy. You don't have to be trashy, like I always say at the end of the show. <laughs> but you always can be very defined, be a gentleman, and it can get you so far. I tell a lot of these young guys out here, okay, be like Sir Christopher Lee. Don't put all your, you know, baby mama drama out there. You know, you got to learn how to separate your personal life and your personal drama from your actual career. And although sometimes it can overlap, especially if you're in the public eye, but I think what Sir Christopher Lee did was he really showed that you can keep those things separate, but at the same time, look, he passed away, and he's not known for being ratchet or being rude to people and things like that. He is being remembered for the excellence that he's done for acting. I mean, he took acting to a whole new level. And look, for him to pass at 93 is amazing, too. So to all the young people out there who are, you know, not taking care of themselves and not doing the proper wellness, this is what happens. You can live longer if you take care of yourself, and if you have a good heart. I mean, that's that's important to me at the end of the day. So let's get into the hot topic of today, which is why I love white men. And I know some people are going to give me crap for this, but hey, that's just how it goes sometimes, right? But I think for me, how I really started liking white guys was pretty much when I was in middle school. And See, I had an experience that maybe some of, you know, some of the people of color out there can relate to is I grew up more with a suburbanite mindset. Um, I did spend a little portion of my life um, in the city a little bit, um, but I always had an issue with my own people. Like, 
I always had, you know, whether it was African or African-American people telling me that I was not African enough, you know, people were constantly making fun of me for that. And although I always stood my ground and always, always have been proud of where I come from, sometimes it can be a struggle, especially when you're trying to do the right thing and you're trying to be that voice of reason for your community. And sometimes your community doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So what ended up happening for me, and this is like, maybe I'll call this Riot Girl my story. I'm just sharing some things with you here. But what ended up happening for me was like, you know, the black guys would make fun of me. Like at that time, the black kids, you know, the boys would make fun of me. And it really hurt. So like what ended up happening was, um, I had ended up, you know, bumping into this one uh, white, you know, boy, and I think that's where it really started for me. He was so sweet, so nice to me. Um, he did not care about my color, because let's be honest, people, we still have a colorism issue in the African-American community that's really sad, because we value lightness over acceptance. And me being someone who has a little bit more of a darker complexion, um, I had to suffer the consequences of colorism, especially growing up. And and at that time, too, I really hated myself. Like I, like, I seriously did. And it was this young, white, you know, kid. We'll call him Todd. And Todd just, he really changed that for me. And, and also that kind of helped to kind of for me to see because sometimes you know there are some black folks where they're like don't talk to white people you know white people are the devil and they say all these really extremist things and although it you know the way you view culture is not only from how you were raised but it's also your own interpersonal experiences so if you have bad experiences with white people you may not like white people just like how if I had a bad experience with Asian people maybe I may have some kind of animosity um, towards Asian people. And it may not be, you know, that person is doing something to me. It may just come from the core of that. So I was just kind of reflecting on that. I was like, why do I really like white guys? And I think that's where the root of that um, came from. And I just think they're absolutely sexy. Um, I like how they approach me too. This is not to say there are black men and my own African men out there that are hustlers, you know, they are going to school, they are, you know, defying the statistics that are sometimes hold against our communities. Um, but what I noticed was even in college too, in high school, um, it was always the white guys that like valued my natural hair and my, you know, my personality. And I, I felt like sometimes when I, when I would be around some of my people, not all of my people, but I felt like I had to be blacker if I was hanging around African-American people. And that was really frustrating because I felt like I didn't have to do that with my white friends. This is just how, you know, from my experiences so far and, and the way that I was raised was to accept everybody. Um, but sometimes some of my people don't have that mindset. And it can be really frustrating, especially relationship wise, um, because I have, you know, I have, you know, of course, associated with some, you know, decent white men, but I've also associated with some where, um, I don't know why I associated with them, you know, um, because one thing about this whole, I like to call it the BWWM, you know, black woman, white man um, community is sometimes it's just a way for some of these black women that have been burned by black men to like bash them and be like, oh, I'm with a white man now, you know, and that's not how it is for me. 
you know, for me, if a black guy was interested in me, you know, and me and him had a lot in common, would I give him a chance? Probably. But for me, he would have to be someone who is well-educated, somebody who doesn't have baby mama drama and all the things that are perpetuated, not only in our society, but in our communities. You know, a lot of times I say, you know, these black guys get mad when they see us with white men or with men of a different cultural group, but you can't blame us when some of you guys out here are perpetuating that stereotype. So it's crazy, but I just wanted to briefly share with you, um, these are 13 famous white men who actually married a black woman. So, of course, the most iconic couple is Robert De Niro and Grace Hightower. I mean, Grace Hightower is a beautiful, beautiful, strong, um, you know, black woman. And she knows what she's worth, and she stands by her ground. And I feel that's the reason why Robert De Niro, you know, went back to that. I feel that's why he sticks with that, because... She's very, you know, grounded. And we all have our flaws, too, okay? I'm not here to say that, you know, all black women are perfect and every other race of women or every other ethnic group of women is, is you know, below us. No. But I, I think that um, seeing them together, you can definitely tell, you know, um, that she really stands her ground with him and she don't take mess from him either. Um, but she's very, very well-respected socialite um, and she's well, just well put together. And I think that's another thing to the young black ladies out there, women of color in general who like white men um, that are decent. I'm not talking about, you know, these hood rat kind of white guys, you know, the ones you would see on an episode of Love and Hip Hop or something like that. Um, but decent white guys, from my experience, they want someone who is polished and, you know, defined and exhibits a very unique their own uniqueness and their own unique femininity. I think that's so important. So he he has De Niro has the thing for black women in general. I mean, he's been with three of them in his lifetime. So I, I just think that is really really interesting. Now the other couple everybody talks about, of course, is Robin Thicke and Paula Patton. See, here's my thing with Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke is fine. I don't care what anybody says. Like, oh yeah, he's kind of skinny. No. He ex he exacerbates this strong sex sexiness. Like Pitbull does the same thing. You know, he may be short. I like short guys. I don't really care when it comes to that. My friends give me a hard time about that. But I mean, Robin Thicke, he just he he's that connoisseur type of gentleman. You know, um, he has some arrogance with him, of course. But but there's just always something sweet and nice about him too. Um, but I think where their relationship went awry is when you let other people get in your relationship. Or I think sometimes too, like for me with blessings above, you know, if I really, you know, was getting more and more recognized and, and I became more and more famous, you know, with God above, I would keep my career and my relationship separate. Now, here's the thing. You can be famous. And also, it's important to acknowledge your significant other, because look what happened to Safri and Nicki Minaj. You know, I felt that their relationship would have lasted more if she really respected and honored Safri, you know, like when she would accept an award to bring him up there. I feel like if someone is your significant other, you know, um, you should really respect that. I, I really think that's important. So I think that's where their relationship kind of went bad was that there was a lack of, of respect. And I, I guarantee some communication um, as well. And, and I just think it's, it's just to me, I really wanted to highlight, 
you know, some couples that people see in 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 the media because like lately black women have been getting the worst rap ever. We have been slapped with, you know, uh, with so many psychological articles about how black women and Asian women are at the bottom, but yet we're not marrying each other the way we should. Cause I feel AMBW is sexy too. So shout outs to all my Asian metal heads, you know, uh, shout outs to, to just the fine Asian men out there that don't get props at all. You know, all these stupid jokes that we see on Mad TV and stuff like that, you know, Saturday Night Live, you know, different shows like that, you know, where there where are, there are some Asian stereotypes. Um, and also, you know, the society in general gives Asian men no props. So, you know what, Asian guys, I'm here for you. <laughs> but our final couple that I wanted to feature is Matt Stone and Angela Howard. So, of course, you know Matt Stone is a co-creator of South Park, and Angela Howard is gorgeous. She has hair for days, girl. That hair is laid. <laughs> That's probably the blackest you will ever hear me ever on this show. But <laughs> all jokes aside, I think that's really cute. Um, Matt Stone's very quirky, very nerdy, and and she seems to be put well put together, too. So, you know, I, I just... And it's great, too, because they have two children as well. Um, But it it just goes to show, you know, and I just really want to say this to to my African sisters or my sisters of color across the board. I don't care if you black, you know, white, whatever. I, I just think it's really important for us as women to know our options, because I think that the men know their options. I mean, they're men will date, you know, unless they're really stuck up or really particular um, they seem to be open with what they like, so long as they have certain, you know, flavor that they're attracted to. I, I just think sometimes with black women, because there's always this question that comes up, why is it that black women are not getting, um, like, why are we not considered to be attractive? Like, why is this not happening? And I think the core of it comes from us not allowing ourselves to have options. For me, I gave white men a chance because, they were coming up to me showing interest in me. Um, and because of the interest too that I had, this is not to say there are not black, you know, geeky guys out there or Latino guys that like anime and things like that. That's not true. But what I noticed is from the environment that I was in, um, it was really rare for me to meet black guys who liked the stuff that I liked. Um, or a lot of times, and this is something too that I thought was always interesting too with my own people, is I would get that opposite effect of they're like, well, you're acting like a quote unquote white person or you're not black enough. And it's kind of like, what is like, what is truly black enough? Like, do I like those are the things that I think about? Like, do you have to really act like a stereotype in order to be accepted by your community? I say no. I think that's preposterous. So to the women of color out there, and especially particularly uh, to the black women out there, please keep going to school like we are. We're graduating at high rates. That's great. Please to continue to be ladies, continue to be professional. You know, these shows like Love and Hip Hop and stuff like that, that is not a representation of who we are. It, yes, unfortunately, it is a part of our culture. And yes, that, you know, we all have some kind of drama and things, you know, that's part of human nature. That's part of the human condition. But we can change things around by going to school, being more educated, being more 
um, courteous and and being, you know, be having more, um, I, I would say, more etiquette ideals. Because by doing that, that that kind of changes the the cultural reform of our communities. And it's so important. Like to the young girls out there, please don't act like a hoe because your friends acting like a hoe. Stop with the thought and the ratchetry culture, okay? Because, yes, it makes news, but that news is not positive. It's news that's being used to continue the petrolizations of what is going on with us. And the more that we know what our options are, and especially in the relationship department, just because you're an African or African-American woman or Latina or whatever, that doesn't mean you have to date someone of the same racial group. If somebody of another cultural group gives you a chance, go for it because you never know. You could have a very solid relationship with someone that, you know, and, and it's cool too when you're with someone of, of a different culture and, you know, don't treat them like a novelty, okay? Like for me, if I like an Asian guy, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I like anime and all that stuff because that continues that perpetualization. So the dude's going to be like, oh, you're only with me because you have some kind of Asian fetish. So there is a fine line, but please know your options. That's all I'm saying. Know your options. So here at the Kirby Melhead Show, one thing that's really important to me is really celebrating music and celebrating women in music. I think it's so vital that, that women get that respect and they get that you know, they just get that credibility because I think a lot of times we're known as just the pretty face. I'm going to be talking about that on the show tomorrow, the Kirby Melhead Show TV program, which you can check out at youtube.com slash Belasian Quita. So you do youtube.com slash user slash Belasian Quita. And I tell you, it's just so important so here's a here's a girl I just love her. She's she's my heart. I love her. This is Audrey Rose featuring Troy Ave with That Love. This is the feature presentation. Who held you down, baby? I- 
true story is I'm a big dog and I dumped you Went through my phone, got hurt and no mess You ain't the only girl preserved for Troy ass All the boo-hoos, four kids on your boo-boo Cry me a river, got a boat, I'm a cruise through Baby, I'm already waiting What's love got to do with it? Turn around the clock, crazy When I met you, I had a Benz in the band So how you gonna say you made me who I am? U-F-K-A, you have playmates Want the cover boy, you annoyed us Celebrate my cyphers with this battle and say Hip hop, 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 hip h
So with that in mind, let's move on to part two of the alternative beatdown. And then, of course, get back into the music, wrap this thing up. So, of course, earlier in the show, you heard the new single from Boa, which was Kiss My Lips. So I just briefly wanted to talk about that. Kiss My Lips is her eighth Korean language studio album. And she has 17 albums overall. And you're probably wondering, like, what? But see, it's kind of different in, like, Europe and Asia. Um, Artists tend to make what are called mini albums. And they count those mini albums as part of their albums. It's interesting. There's like singles, of course, and then there's mini albums. So it's kind of like a mini album to me is like the warm up or like a teaser. It's similar to like how in hip hop there's mixtapes and, you know, your EPs. It's just kind of like a key, it keeps your audience interested and keeps you relevant. So what do I think about this album? I think Kiss My Lips is excellent. I think it is a great way for Boa to make a comeback to the K-pop scene because, you know, she was one of the very... Uh, well, actually, that's what really got me into K-pop and J-pop was because of her. Because we all know that she did the hit song, My Heart, which was on the awesome anime Inuyasha. Um, but she was one of the very few Korean artists to cross over. Because, come on, let's be honest here. There's always been tension between Chinese, Japanese, and, and Korean people. But over time, it's kind of resolved. And it's, don't get me wrong, there's still tensions. But it's through entertainment where I'm starting to see a better resolve, especially with the younger generations. Like, they don't care, really. Um, it Boa did that. So I really like the fact that she decided to release this. And it's digital, which is cool. Um, so this is a self-produced record. Okay, and this is celebrating her 15th anniversary of her debut. And this is the first album she's done since 2012. So it goes to show that if you're relevant, you can make an album. People still remember you because it's good quality music. So make sure you go check that out. It's called Kiss My Lips. And then also, something that also is important to me is the importance of diversity in regards to the metal and rock scene. And one band that I really wanted to feature, because I noticed that I have been very misogynistic on this show, and I've only been featuring, like, male, you know, metal and rock artists, so I really want to make sure I'm being fair and balanced here, is Skunk Anazi. This band, they're a British band. Um, People, of course, know the lead singer, Skin She's fantastic. So it's skin on vocals, case, guitar, bass, and he also does backing vocals, and Ace um, that does guitar, also backing vocals as well, and Mark Richardson, who who does uh, drums and percussion. So the band formed in 1994, but then they disbanded in 2001, and then they came back in 2009. So the name Skunkanazi comes from an Akan folktale Uh, That is from Ghana, which is cool. It's this story about the Spider-Man in Ghana. So they just added skunk to make it like more nasty or like grittier. So when you say skunk Anazi, you do want a cough drop after that. Uh, They have released five studio albums. If you have a chance, please make sure, listen to the debut, Paranoid and Sunburned. It's great. And Skin goes there. I mean, she talks about skinheads, like she's she's really um she's really really interesting you know 
um, about how she views herself not only as a woman of color, but she talks about a lot of political and social um, injustice issues that I, I didn't even think was really possible. Because uh, I think a lot of times in rock and metal, you know, when it comes to social justice issues, this is my personal opinion, it tends to be really extremist and there's no like middle ground. And, and Skin always does a good job covering that. Um, so, yeah, definitely take a chance to listen to um, Paranoid and Sunburnt and their current release, uh, which came out in 2012, which was called Black Traffic. I really, really like it. Um, if you have a chance to see them live, please do. They are a very charis- just very charismatic type band. And yeah, it's great. Black Traffic is actually their own independent release. And it's also, well, it's it's an independent release through their own label, and they also did a partnership with 100% Records. But if you have a chance, make sure you go check them out because they're really good. So let's move on to the world of geekiness before we get back into the metal world because it's just been a hot mess this week. So is the Power Rangers new movie trying to be absurdly gritty? Okay, first off, this movie is not coming out until 2017. I don't know what the heck is wrong with these Hollywood producers, but they don't seem to understand that you don't screw around with the geeks, okay? The more we want something, that's the more hate mail you're going to get, that's the more we're going to demand it. So the first mistake I think they did is that they're casting unknown actors, okay? It can be good to have unknown actors, but I think it's still important as Power Rangers is a mega-respected franchise that they should also include, you know, the 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 cast of the previous series, you know, and make a movie that like kind of features all of them. I think that would be really awesome. But they want to like, oh my gosh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. So the villain of the Power Rangers reboot movie may have been revealed. This is coming from io9.com. This comes from an unconfirmed source. True, it may indicate that the filmmakers may be trying to take the Mighty Morphin heroes to a darker place. And even if that's not true, it's hilarious. So according to Heroic Hollywood, they have sources that tell them that the movie's main villain with Rita Repulsa, which makes sense as she was the first villain that was featured in the original TV series as well as the movie. I, I, oh my gosh, I remember being a kid and I like forced my parents to take me to see this because I've always been a huge fan. So this this is the description of Rita, okay, which I think is hilarious. A huntress, a striking yet subtly alien-looking woman. She carries a metallic staff topped with a distinctive crescent shape, advances with a soldier's confidence guided by some sort of compass. Her staff is actually a device of immense power. She points it at the ground, heads emerge, built layer upon layer like 3D printing, made from the earth itself. The staff's technology grants her the ability to create humanoid figures, soulless and robotic. So whatever this villain is, uh, yeah, I just, I can't, you know. uh, And I don't like the description of Zordon either. It's like, though alien, he looks like a man in his 50s, stewy and strong, as if he carved from some root and refused to die. So, honestly, they are really jacking up the Power Rangers movie. I hope they don't do the same thing that Michael Bay did with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I have yet to see because, like, my inner nerd guilt is not allowing me to see it. 
But everyone wants me to see it to give an opinion, of course, on Sin TV. Uh, of course, you can go to youtube.com slash user slash Sin TV now. Sin TV now is really, or Sin stands for Smart Intelligent News. Um, that's pretty much where I cover all of my geeky related stuff that I don't necessarily get to cover on the Kirby Melhead show because I really. Uh, do my best to keep it more focused on the rock and metal type lifestyle. Um, but when this this story I know is going to be more prevalent as the movie um, gets closer to the debut, just like with Fifty Shades of Grey, they released Grey, um, which is going to be the fourth book in the series coming up here. So that's going to be talking about Christian's perspective of how he felt about Anastasia, which, I mean, if you look at that whole book series, it's not healthy. As sexy as Christian Grey is in those books, uh, I don't know about that. But let's get back into the world of metal here. Lucifer's entire album is available for streaming. I love this band. Lucifer Eye is the debut album from Berlin German-based heavy metal blues rockers Lucifer. And you can listen to the entire album on SoundCloud. It's fantastic the album's going to be released june 16th on rise above records and oh man this is a great band i i love lucifer i i mean you can definitely hear black sabbath deep purple led zeppelin um blue oyster cult it is great it is really great it's very it's very good to the point eight tracks yeah if you really like bluesy type heavy metal, especially German. Like I noticed in Germany, they make some really good blues rock and, and metal out there. It's really good. And and I love the fact that they have a female singer as well. I, I just think that's so important to have just, just a woman in general. I mean, ugh, I love her. Um, her name is Johanna Sadanius, and she's fantastic. I, I love, 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 love her. So let's move on to Judas Priest here because, you know, <laughs> they're definite. They're definitely talking about making another album. So apparently, according to Chaos TV, they conducted an interview with Richie Faulkner and they asked, you know, the question about, you know, whether or not there's going to be an album, you know, coming out. So because 2014 Redeemer of Souls, it was an okay album. I mean, it wasn't the best, but, you know. This is what he says about it. Well, personally, I've got, I've always got ideas. I've always got, I just recorded some back, uh, some ideas back in the dressing room. It might be priest stuff. It might be something completely different, but you never know. To me, that's like beating around the bush. Either we're doing it or not. Just say it, you know. Um, you can definitely put something down that doesn't necessarily sound like priest, but we put it on the table for Redeemer, and if it works and if it's a great song, then we'll go with it so you never really know. Here's my issue that I have with some of these major, like, rock stars and stuff like that. Like, stop beating around the bush, you know? It's like your your fans, it's like you're pissing on your fans, you know? It's like, are you going to, you're either going to make a Judas Priest record or you're not. You're either going to make an Iron Maiden record or you're not. You're going to make a Madonna record or you're not. It's like... I understand these artists do, you know, they do it for PR, they do it for, you know, kind of tiptoeing around because they want to, you know, make some mysterious, you know, mysteriousness to keep the fans interested. I get it. But sometimes it's just good to let your fans know that, you know, maybe you have something in development. But don't just say it may be this and maybe that. No, just just get to the point with it. Seriously. I love Judas Priest. I you know, respect them as a band, but I hate this tiptoeiness that they keep doing. 
Now, speaking of Iron Maiden, Spanish Iron Maiden fan has claimed to see the band perform over 230 times. Vice Spain recently spoke to Fernando Leo, a Spanish Iron Maiden fan who has seen the band play live 250 times. So it start, he got into Iron Maiden in 1987, so he was 16 at the time. And then he just kept going. He spent the next three decades. He went to places like Mexico in Australia and everywhere in between. And this is why I also kind of found interesting because of course, like how can he afford this? I mean, Iron Maiden is no cheap ticket. So he says, I don't have kids, a car, a mortgage or whatever. So I have some extra money for various health reasons. I don't drink either. So I don't actually go out that much. I just make sure to book tickets early. And most of the time I sleep in the airport. (laughs) It's cheaper. My trip to India and Dubai actually lasted four days. So here's the thing. I really give Iron Maiden fans or Judas Priest fans and all these major bands, you know, like Slipknot and stuff, their fans are devoted. I have felt the whip, the metal whip of of heat um, when you do not get these bands correct. If you don't know every little single detail about these bands, people will piss all over you. Uh, for that, especially Gore. Like, I, I remember I did an article about Gore, and Gore's fans, wow, they completely, like, flooded my page with hate on my YouTube channel. Till this day, from time to time, they still do, but it's kind of calmed down. I think they've had their fill. But, but I do give him a lot of credit. But at the same time, I also think it's sad that, like, he's seen this band perform 230 times, and yet Iron Maiden hasn't reached out to this guy to be like, thank you, you know what I mean? You know, it it just goes to show that, like, this is fan loyalty, and to bands, like, even up-and-coming bands or bands that are already established, please make sure you take the time to, I mean, you don't have, because I understand, you know, uh, being in the industry myself now, there are a lot of creepers out here. There are a lot of nut jobs and crazy people and jump offs and super fans, you know, that for your own safety, you got to keep some distance. I understand that. But sometimes I think it's still cool. I, I just think it's important. I think it would be really cool. If a band like sent me a CD or they, you know, gave me VIP access to meet them. And I, I just think it's kind of important. So maybe it may happen when this story gets released. Who knows? Um, but I, I just think that's kind of cool that he would take that time um, to 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 do that. Because, I mean, it does take a lot of sacrifice to travel halfway across the world. But it is time for some gaming news. This game has it, – it, this, is, this is probably one of the highest, most anticipated MMORPG releases since Black Desert Online, and I can't wait till that bad boy goes into open beta – praying that I get a slot because that game is sweet. So Blade and Soul, the North American as well as the European, releases the introduction of its world regions. Since NCSoft announced that the highly anticipated MMORPG Blade and Soul would come to North America and Europe this winter, which kind of pisses me off. I really wish it would come sooner, but that's just me. So... They did release this ridiculously long article that kind of introduces the different regions in the Blade and Sorrel, like, world and everything. So that's cool. It's coming out, you know, during the winter. And, I mean, if you see these photos, oh, my gosh. I mean, from the Viridian Coast to the Cinderlands, it's got this very 
it, it's kind of like Final Fantasy X type feel. Now, I'm not saying that Blade is, Blade and Soul is Final Fantasy X. No. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy X is in its own, like, league, just like seven. Um, eight was okay. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't had a chance to listen to the live stream yet because they did do a live stream. You can check it out on YouTube where they do talk about you know, what the game is going to be about comprising of. But so far, the graphics are amazing. Like, these MMOs are stepping up their game. Like, no lie. The graphics on these games are comparable, like, to the next-gen type system. So now what's happening is you need better computers to run MMORPGs. I mean, a game like Terra Online, like, I downloaded it. It was, like, 28.2 gigs. And I got to run that bad boy on, like, medium-low settings, you know? So if you're going to get into the gaming thing, if you're going to be someone like myself, I just started doing Twitch. You can also check me out on Twitch. It's like Twitch TV. Yeah, twitch.tv slash sin TV now. And I just started playing, and I already got, like, 30, 40 people, like, checking my stuff out. So... You know, people are very devoted to these games, and you really need the devoted equipment to to run it. So I really would appreciate if they would just make it fair and balanced. Like, make some more low-res type MMOs, and then make some more higher-res ones for the people who can afford, I don't know, a $3,000 gaming laptop from ASUS. Really? Ridiculous. But... I digress. I, I truly digress. So let's get into some food for thought here because I know I went a little bit extra long with the alternative beatdown. But heck, I had to compensate for last week because I didn't really uh, cover too many bases here. But before I even get into that, my homeboy, I love him, Justin Broskai is going to be on and he is the CEO of Artist Reach. He does audio production stuff for Saturday Night Live. He He's an independent movie producer. This guy is like, he's done everything. So shout outs to him. Shout outs to Christy as well from Artist Reach. And I've had many of their artists on this program. And he is doing just some amazing stuff. He is an amazing man. I can't wait to have him on. It's probably one of my most hyped up and anticipated interviews. Like, the fans are going crazy for it right now. But let's get into some food for thought because I'm so excited for what's going on with the show. We're going to have tons of amazing guests coming up. Guests that I never thought I would actually have because, like, I'm nerdy like that. Who wants to talk to this fat nerd, right? No, <laughs> Ooh, I know, I'm going in on myself today, let me tell you. But, you know, I, I go back to what I was talking about in regards to relationships and, and interracial really um, marriage or dating. And I, I just, it really resonates with me sometimes because, like, I always felt that, you know, being a plus-size woman and being a plus-size African woman and the amount of stereotypes, like the mammy stereotypes and stuff like that, I, I was thinking for a while, I was like, would I ever meet Mr. Wright? Because there's so many articles about how professional African and African-American women are really struggling. And we're getting 
older and older before we meet the right person. I mean, some of these women of color are not meeting men until they're in their late 30s or 40s. And at the same time, they want to have children. And although the life expectancy, you know, age expectancy due to, you know, scientific advancements has, you know, increased our lifespan, it's still, you know, you don't, for me, I wouldn't want to be 45 if I wanted children. And I feel like I would be cheating my kids, you know, Uh you know, I go to school and they're like, oh, your mom's a wrinkled prune, you know, something like that. But I just think to me, it was a struggle. Like I just, you know, I met someone recently and I thought this was it, you know, and then things didn't work out the way in which, you know, it, it would work out. And it's devastating, especially as a woman of color, you know, when you go outside of your of your racial community and you finally feel like you have a shot and then you realize that like oh man you know and when you're plus size too you have in the back of your mind and this goes for both men and women um man you know I'm fat all my friends are like skinny or they're like you know the supermodel type like do I have a chance and what happened to me recently was I was just you know minding my own business you know I was doing some shopping um, at Walmart, I love the Walmart beauty section, and this young lady who was checking me out, I, much props to her, I was, I was feeling, you know, that kind of way, that sometimes fat people feel, where you just, you know, you dig your own Debbie Downer, you know, hole, and she just told me, she's like, hey, you know what, you look like a natural beauty, like, you're really, you know, you take all this makeup off, girl, you look beautiful, and I swear, I wanted to cry, <laughs> cry in front of her, uh, but I did it, of course. I sucked up my ball sack, you know, my, my metaphorical ball sack. I sucked it up, you know. But it really touched me because that was the first time that someone just, like, made me feel so good. And I think sometimes we get in relationships because we want that validation. But I'm here today for Food for Thought to tell you this. Please, the most important validation Besides your spiritual validation, you know, whatever you may believe in. For me, of course, you know, many of you know that I'm Christian. Um, besides that blessing that God has given me with my talents, um, I think it's also important to have that self-validation. You have to know that you are beautiful or you are handsome. And when that right person comes along for you and you're blessed with that person, you'll be okay. And even if things don't work out, still be okay because you know what you're worth. And anytime, and this this is for guys and the ladies out there, okay, who are listening today all over the world. Please do not stay with someone because you're desperate that you're going to be afraid to be alone again. Please do not stay with someone because you need someone, you know, because your friends all are dating or married and, you know, you feel salty. And trust me, think, being single, it can suck sometimes. It can be tough. Um, but you need to know your self-worth first before you jump into a relationship with someone. You know, for me, this guy liked me. I jumped into it, and love makes you go crazy sometimes. And I had to really step back and know that this was not healthy for me to be in. And sometimes you have to do that as a woman, okay? We always hear the stories about, you know, how the guys, you know, you know, left the lady, you know, or the stories about how the woman, you know, left the guy. But sometimes we don't hear those stories about someone leaving because the relationship was toxic 
Okay, not necessarily abusive because the relationship was just not working correctly. But now we live in a culture sometimes where we see shows like The Bachelorette and The Bachelor and these, you know, the the main protagonist is someone who just, you know, picks somebody just because they don't want to be alone. And you can't do that. Please remember your self-worth. Please remember that there if that person was a scumbag to you, you can move on and you will be blessed to meet someone else. And this young lady really made me think about that. She really did. She really, you know, helped me to really reevaluate how I saw myself. Because many times I'm I'm very negative towards myself because of my size or, you know, I feel like I'm not the right type. And, and we have to block out what the fashion industry you know, sometimes gives us. Like every time I read Vogue, you know, I don't see someone who looks like me necessarily. It's changing. You know, thank God Michelle Obama and some of these other women were on the cover. You know, it's really making a difference now. But look how long it took to do that. So sometimes we can't wait on media as well to validate us. We have self-validation is so important. And that's why even myself, I'm, I'm kind of going through this, this reforming process of myself because I spent so many years and so much time um, giving to someone else and not understanding that I have to give to myself as well. And that's how you love somebody. It's, it's, that, it's that reciprocation. If you don't take the time to love yourself, take care of yourself, you know, don't be ratchet to yourself, Um it can really, really make you be in toxic relationships. And unfortunately for me, I have been through a couple toxic relationships and not know it was toxic. And these men, you know, thought it was okay to treat me like garbage because I thought it was okay. But when you get to that point, which I did last year, and I had to say to myself, you know what? You deserve better. You do. Each and every one of you that listen to this show I really, really am grateful that you take the time to listen. I really am grateful that you even spend the time, you know, telling me your stories. And, and for me, you know me, I share my stories because I don't want these young ladies and young guys out here, you intellectual rockers out here, to make the same mistakes that I did. So with that in mind, of course, thank you so much for listening, like always. And, of course, you can check me out on YouTube. You can go to YouTube.com slash Belasian or YouTube.com, pardon me, slash user slash uh, Belasian Quita. You can also check out my crazy tomfoolery geekery on Sin TV now, which is at YouTube.com slash user slash Sin, S-I-N TV now. And, of course, I'm on Twitter at Sin TV now and, of course, at Curvy Metal. So, like always, remember to stay classy and don't be trashy. And you know what? We we gotta end with a bang here, okay? We're not, we're not gonna just play some you know some lame song, you know. We 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 gotta play something that really reminisces, you know, about relationships. And and I think this is a great song that reflects you know how a relationship should be and that love that you feel because we all need love in our lives. Regardless, many of us say, hey, I'm happy being single. Not all of us are happy being single because deep down inside, we all want to meet that special person, that person that really, you know, understands us. We may not, you know, who cares about what other people may think, but we all would like to go home to somebody who values who we are. 
And this is Christette Michelle with Together. Thanks so much for listening. And like always, always remember to give yourself that self-motivation because you deserve it.
get to stay in love with you.
Paula, you a fool for this one. You did that, girl!
Dumbo.